0: Redskins are 0-1. That means they are one step closer to being a 500 football team if you're looking on the bright side of things. Is that, is that a good way to, to look at things?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a nice little way to put it. I like that.
2: Best way you can look at a uh, first loss of the season. It's
0: Hogs Night podcast Cast. Thank you all for tuning in. We got a short shift here tonight. We got Brian from Hogs Haven, Dr. Chris Jones, and Ned Neal. Thank you guys for stopping by. Um, probably not starting things off the way we would like to. The Redskins falling in Week One to the Philadelphia Eagles on the road at the Link. What are you? Do you guys have any initial sort of ten thousand foot thoughts on how that game went? I mean, kind of was a tale of Two halves, in a sense. Uh, what were you guys thinking when the Redskins were up by 17?
1: Case Keenum looks good. Uh, he played. He played well. Not not many struggles. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to forget about his Denver series, but brought me back to what he did in Minnesota. And yeah, sure, he looked. Yeah. He looked good. His arm looked well. Uh, getting McLaurin out there, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I think we looked. Uh, we looked pretty good in that first half.
2: Yeah, I think we were uh, kind of going back and forth in our text message group. Yeah. And we are a little surprised at the start, but I agree with Neil. Like, uh, Case was spreading the ball around really well, uh, and everything seemed to be clicking. They were they were doing what they wanted to, and they had. Philadelphia on their heels.
0: Yeah, we'll because uh, Bjergsen is not here. We'll just uh, we're not gonna let him defend himself. He was ready to buy tickets to the Super Bowl because he was on top of the world, feeling really good. But you're right, like we were feeling pretty hot. Like they were going up against a team that two years ago Super Bowl champs, a lot of the core still there. They are. I think this is arguably a better Eagles team than the one that won the Super Bowl. Either way, to have a team like that down and really they were the Redskins were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, offense, defense are getting off the field quick. We talked last week about the concern of there being some discord between a young receiver core and a brand new quarterback. Would they be able to gel and at least at the outset it looked like that was not an issue. You, you touched on it. McLaurin, he's, he, uh, someone wrote, he, he earned the nickname Scary Terry in that first half. He was I like that. on fire.
2: Yeah, he did in one game what Josh Doxson couldn't do his whole career. yeah it pass. <laughs> <laughs> he gained 100-plus yards, and he probably should have had 200-plus if uh, Case hit him on that that second long ball, yeah, one bad throw there. Yeah,
1: I like that. At least he's overthrowing that; he's not underthrowing it. We got a guy with an arm here. I like that. So hopefully we, he can you know hit him a little more in the future. Yeah, that
0: was definitely a bright spot in the first half. Redskins moved the ball Does, uh, extremely uh, well. Does
1: McLaurin have any history of injuries or anything? No,
0: he didn't really play in the. I mean, he's young.
1: In and, in college, like, is he was he pretty healthy? Yeah, I mean, he yeah, was like, a top receiver.
0: He and Dwayne Haskins were, you know, they were firing all cylinders. They were telling I me mean, it's why he was such a coveted draft pick. You know, it, being at the NFL is an entirely different level. I think there was some question about how productive he'd be able to be in that week one game, given that he had never played even a preseason game at the professional level. And he came in and just looked like a world like a beater. He was nominated for Rookie of the Week in this
1: opening week nice yeah I mean yeah if we can have a guy a deep threat like McLaurin because we had Deshaun a couple years ago and he was great but he's always questionable coming in he gets hurt if we can have a steady guy who can get free and get long shots um yeah that's something that's exciting something to look forward to well you talk about
0: Deshaun Jackson so that's actually that was a pretty notable thing in this game you know Jackson Former Eagle, comes to the Redskins, is their number one receiver for a number of years. He was a very good receiver. Um, one of the best receiving cores they've had, at least in recent memory. Uh, you know, Jameson Crowder out there, Pierre Garçon, and Deshaun Jackson. Moves on to Tampa Bay. That was not a great situation for him. I mean, James Winston is not really... Couldn't get him the ball. No, not really looking like... Uh, he was worthy of the pick they spent on him. He's also like a total goober, just
2: like a total goober. <laughs> well, he cannot throw it to the other team. So
0: He had a spectacular interception this last <laughs> week, and I don't know if you guys
2: saw, but it was
0: like uh, there were three defensive linemen in the area, and unless they had all just like suddenly... Drop dead. There was no that would have been the only way. There was not going to be interception on this play. Oh my God. He uh, he's he's a real piece of work. Um, but then okay, so Deshaun Jackson back to Philly in his very first game and very much played the role that he played in Washington as a deep threat and played the first time around in Philly to the tune of really just burning the Redskins. He finished eight catches 154 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets so you know anyone who said that deshaun jackson is not worth being a number one receiver in the nfl anymore the redskins defense made him look like a number one receiver this past week
1: he's good at uh torching his old teams that's he's done that to a couple of them and it's yeah it's it's hard to watch good
2: for him but yeah i wish we could have covered him a little more (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed. I mean, he's a known quantity being on our team, and sure. the, and you had to figure that we, the defensive coaches, had a game plan for him, and he still got behind our defense and and torched us for two. So,
0: and some of that, it looked like there were there was some confusion back there, and you know we talk about the defense, p- presumably being a bright spot on this team this year I think we predicted that they would be at least a top 15 defense some of it may be cohesion Landon Collins coming in sort of being new to the defensive scheme but uh, honestly I think the defense they were the issue they were one of the issues in this game they did not look very good
2: they didn't and uh, I think it all kinda came undone in the second half. Mm -hmm. It really started with the Jonathan Allen injury. Yeah, that's gonna be
0: huge if he can't get back on the
2: field. Because uh, the defense just couldn't get off the field. Yeah, so the Eagles actually had two seven plus minute drives in the second half. We just couldn't make a stop.
0: Yeah, time of possession, 10 more minutes for the Eagles than the Redskins had the ball on offense. I have generally um, some skepticism about the the importance of time of possession because if you're a team that can score quickly, yeah, sure. then you know points are points. But at the same time, you could tell by the end of the game, the defense was worn down. They had they they were out of gas, and it's not I don't think because of conditioning, but you know it was hot. It was week one. They were probably frustrated. It it just it, the. The deck was kind of stacked against them and in the second half.
1: Yeah, just getting—if we we're going three and out, if we're not taking any time off the clock, and they're getting right back out there for these seven-minute drives, that yeah, that's gonna wear and tear. And that's we gotta we gotta get something going on offense to sustain and just make sure we give our guys enough rest at least.
0: I think it's very easy to be negative after a loss, and I know it sounds like we're being negative because you know, we wanted to see a win, but I think the single biggest issue and it wasn't even just it's sort of the Redskins have a way of taking small problems and being able to extrapolate them to bigger organizational systemic problems. the the weak point of this team on Sunday was the run game. they got totally worked in the trenches. Redskins only had 28 yards rushing on the day and Darius Geis took that injury. But even when he didn't, he didn't really look totally sure-footed and looked a little bit like he was trying to figure out what his holes were. To be fair to him, it was his first regular-season game of his entire career. But he didn't look ready, and that's sort of that's that was the small issue. The larger version of that issue is the team opting not to even suit up Adrian Peterson. And Jake Rudin really compounding that decision by, my my impression, was putting his foot in his mouth a little bit with his comments around why he did that. Yeah, do you have those comments? Yeah. What did he He said something ridiculous. He said, we'll have to wait and see numbers-wise. He's a first or second down back, and so is Darius, What we really have is about 20 first downs a game, and probably eight of those are passes. Twelve of those might be runs, so he's here trying to do something. And Darius can handle those 12, so if we have a game where we think we can run the ball 55 times in an I formation, then sure, I'll get him up. What
2: what do you guys think of that? Uh, I I don't agree with it at all. So I I understand that Darius Geis and uh, Adrian Pearson can kind of fill the same void you want like the first and second down back to make the the first initial runs and, and kind of lessen the, the third down distance. Sure, But the thing that really kind of left me scratching my head is I heard that he was kind of sat in favor for like a special teams player to like have... And to me, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you want your in-back players on the field, and he definitely is that. He was that for them. He can be a change-of-pace guy. He, you, I don't think there's anybody that runs harder than Adrian Pearson does, and I think that can like invigorate your team. So to not have him in the lineup at all, I think it really affected – a lot of offensive players. And I think uh, Morgan Moses even alluded to that on an interview earlier this week.
0: Yeah, he was he was their offensive MVP last year. He was, the as voted upon by his teammates, he was the most valuable guy on the offensive side of the ball. And again, like an offense that was very good. But when you have linemen coming out and saying, yeah, we want to block for this guy, it... In some ways, it's like the non-Twitter version of a subtweet of your head coach where you're like, we disagree with you, and we're not gonna say it to you, but we're gonna say it in a roundabout way about you. Okay, so Geis' injury, he's getting a second opinion. Uh, Based on what we know right now, if it is a meniscus injury, shouldn't necessarily put him out for the entire season. Again, we're not doctors, Dr. Chris Jones is the doctor. That said, it puts you in a little bit of an awkward spot if you're Jake Rudin. We're like, ah, I don't think you were good enough to suit up last week, Adrian Peterson. But this week, you're going to be our lead back and uh, basically we're calling on you to reestablish a running game that was totally anemic a week ago. I don't know, it seems like a self-inflicted wound from a players buying into their coach and like really wanting
1: to play for him perspective
0: but it just sort of seems like there's going to be some friction to bring him back at this point
1: there yeah so ap did say i think today or earlier this week um that he said it's water under the bridge he's saying it's good to go and he wants to just play because yeah he wants us for the team and he wants us to win he had a pretty cool thing with darius guys too he they said he like was like holding back tears when he heard about Geist because he has knee problems of his own and he obviously wants Geist to do, to do well but now he knows that he he's, he's going to be the guy and he's going with Gruden and I know it's it's awkward for Gruden but I think yeah he wants the best for the team and he wants us to wants us to do well so he's going to work hard because he knows he was like doubted so now he's he's coming in a little hot so I'm kind of
2: excited for this week yeah I think uh, AP is the ultimate professional so I expect him to come out play hard and uh, perform pretty well So in the second half we talked about how the defense couldn't get off the field. Yeah. And when they were able to, a big negative was the penalties on the offensive side Mm -hmm. of the football. And I think that also kinda attributed to such small amount of rushing yards because when you take a first and ten and make a first and fifteen, you know, that really limits the play. Uh, creativity that you can have so taking penalties uh, when you're starting drives I think completely changed for uh, the Redskins and really put them behind the ball and kind of led to short drives in the second half
0: and I think being able to rush effectively is sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you're able to start the game well and run the football well then you're gonna open up a lead which means that you're going to have the affordability to be able to run the ball. But if you're committing penalties, you're in long yards yard situations. If you're down, you need to pick up yards, you need to pick up points quickly. Teams, I think just by their nature, are forced to abandon the run. All of that then compounded by the fact that it's Darius Geis in this rushing game. Look, I don't want to take anything away from the Eagles' front seven because clearly that's one of the best front sevens in the league, They're very good. They did a great job at the point of attack on the offensive line. The absence of Trent Williams, I think, was pretty noticeable uh, with Eric Flowers doing a lot of filling in for him. And Mark Tyler for us this week wrote a pretty funny piece about how he was a stand-up guy because he spent the entire game just standing up and not blocking. (laughs) I, I think... It's going to be really important and something for us to keep an eye on going forward is are they going to be able to establish a run early on? And maybe Adrian Peterson
1: can help turn that around. Yeah, for our third downs, we yeah moved the chains five of 13 times. That's Terrible. But on all those, it was an average of seven yards or more. So that's you're not going to run that at all. We need to get closer than that. Getting a run the first five yards, the first play needs to be like four or five yards to just make it more manageable because that AP did that last year and... I don't know why he wasn't in, but he's got to be in this week, and he will.
2: And we had zero first downs via the run. Eagles had nine. Yeah, that's so. That's like your that's your stat. You want to point at one stat and say
0: that's that's a difference maker. I think that's a great one. I think if we're gonna look at some positives, the Redskins did not turn the ball over. They didn't force any turnovers. But you know, usually if you're on the wrong side of the turnover battle, you're putting yourself in a self-inflicted hole. They did a nice job of protecting
2: the football. I thought Cole Holcomb and Landon Collins were very nice additions to the defense. Yeah. Uh, Holcomb finished tied for a team high nine combined tackles and two tackles for loss. So yeah. I really. Talk about a first game ever, like going out and make a statement for sure. Yeah, he was flying out there, always around the ball. So I really liked what I saw out of him.
0: Yeah, all right, so I think we should take a quick break and then come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this and we can preview the week ahead. Sounds good. Okay. Even in a losing effort, I think, at least around these parts, we can call out the players that made the biggest impact. We'll give them some game balls. We should have a a negative version of that. What's like the opposite of a game ball
1: plate ball i don't know uh, take their ball and go home <laughs> yeah.
0: all right work in progress well, game we'll, bomb. we'll oh game bomb <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to think on that one <laughs> who are your guys who would you give a game ball to after week one again a loss but still some things to hang their
2: hat on yeah i'll jump on this and and just kind of build off of what i just said with uh my game ball is going to cole holcomb mm-hmm. i thought he'd he did a great job in his debut. I look forward to to seeing him out there. Yeah. What do you have? Nine total tackles, eight solos and assists,
0: two stuffs. Holcomb. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy to me. The one thing I will add, I mean, we're not we're not that old. Yeah. But anytime I see a guy who was born in 1996,
1: I'm just like, geez. What uh? What college? Where did he go? UNC. UNC. The Tar yeah. Heels.
2: Yeah. Tar nice. Heels. ACC uh, baby. That is, uh becoming linebacker you? That's right, Luke Keekly. Yeah, we're watching yeah, Carolina we'll play right now.
0: Um, real barn burner of a Thursday night. Can hey, it's
1: better than last Thursday. Oh I'll my
0: god, the much. bar was set very low. <laughs> yeah, Holcomb. Um, we t- we talked about this post draft, but a fifth round draft pick. Those third to fifth round guys are at best fifty fifty, and if you can find productivity in the middle rounds, it's it's one game. Of course, but like if you can find a guy who can be a productive player for you in the middle of the draft, that's what separates the good teams from the bad teams. And to see in his first game Holcomb step up
2: and show that he can be an impact player, that's really promising. Throughout the preseason, kind of buzz around him grew, and I'm excited that it translated to the first game. Neil, do you have a, a game ball?
1: Yeah, I got a game ball. I'm going with Scary Terry McLaurin. We got ourselves a little deep threat now, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, this guy, yeah, came in a little rook and uh, had a really nice game for himself. Got uh, five receptions off seven targets, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Could have had two. We saw that chance that uh, Keenum just overthrew. But, yeah, it's nice to have a guy who can get deep, and I'm hoping, yeah, he can stay healthy. He's young. I'm excited for this guy. He's he's He made a big name for himself, and, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what uh, the next couple weeks hold.
0: Averaging a nice round twenty-five yards per reception.
1: Yeah, that's not bad at all. No,
0: not so bad. Uh, that, that'll move the chains.
1: <laughs> like this little uh, little TD dance too. I don't know what it was, but I like that. The uh,
0: the one thing I will say about this Redskins receiver unit, we've talked about them a lot. Uh, good touchdown celebrators we've seen so far. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. He did the scarn. We saw that nice little shimmy shake from McLaurin this past weekend. That's. Uh, Definitely a bright
2: spot on this team. Oh, yeah. I actually have a little anecdote I heard about McLaurin. You can keep it if you want or ditch it. Uh, Yeah, let's just go ahead and ditch it. All right, Uh, what do you say? (laughs) So when he was first... I'm not sure if he's a walk-on, but when he he first got to Ohio State, he was... I think he was trying out for the team. He's fast. He's got, I think, 4.35 speed, but his hands aren't the best. And so... Uh, Urban Meyer like told him to to go back and work on his hands and and maybe he, he would you know move up and uh, I think he was actually working with his mom in the backyard like having her throw him balls so he could he could work on uh, getting bare hands because he's always been hella fast he just uh, <laughs> need to work on those hands yeah four three five
0: at the combine not too shabby I'm all I'm a big sucker I'm a big sucker for Guys who worked out with their mom stories. Like I'm a I'm I love that stuff. I like
1: that too. Yeah.
0: Mom threw rocks at him in the backyard until he was able to, no, to well dodge. Him. Wait, 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 what are you talking about?
2: <laughs> that's did, abuse.
1: Did Did that not happen to you guys? Uh,
0: pass. Yeah, he was he was awesome, and you hope uh, that they're able to develop an entire receiving core because you can't have safeties cheating over the top king and a one guy. I mean, when Deshaun Jackson was on the Redskins, you know, they couldn't just double Jackson because if you left him open, then Pierre Garcon's going to get open. And if you go towards Garcon's side, then you'd have Crowder, Jordan Reed. I mean, that's the type of receiving core that can win you games. Right now, they've got one guy who's shown that he can be super capable, and it's promising, but they're going to need some more. Your game ball? Yeah, my game ball. Um, my game ball, I think, goes to Vernon Davis, the old, old guy. Vern, baby. Uh, he's the old vet. The old vet. He's older than I think. He's he's got more experience than probably the rest of the offense combined. Certainly, uh, backs and receivers, except for Adrian Peterson. Well, true. AP. True. He's a vet at this point too. But Vernon Davis, the last two three years, has been asked to do a lot more than I think anyone would have anticipated partially a function of injuries to Jordan Reed and he has risen to the occasion on a number of times and he does it all you think back to his sort of coming out to the NFL first round draft pick to the 49ers played at University of Maryland so a local kid has local ties and was considered to be one of the best tight end prospects in the history of the combine to that point and has had himself a very nice career. I think he's put himself in a position where he's going to be a Hall of Fame candidate for a fairly legitimate Hall of Fame candidate.
2: Um, yeah, I could definitely I think, see that. Yeah, I see him right up there with, like, Gonzalez and everything.
0: And, you know, in that first half, he provided, to that point, what was the highlight of the game? I think McCorn might have taken it from him on the long burner touchdown. But, you know, when you got a 35-year-old tight end, tough position, that's a tough living being a tight end you got a block who wants a block (laughs) and going and hurtling over cornerbacks he made ronald darby look silly just going out and making the was and then he uh finished off the play with a 48 yard sprint to the end zone he was looking like a guy half his age and that was a tone setter in this game sort of a punch in the mouth to eagles defense and then it came out you know, he's. He's trotting off the field. He's starting. To, he's, he's crying. I was like, "Oh God, is he is he hurt? Like how did he be hurt? He just he just made the most athletic play I've ever seen a 35 year old make." And it turned out that um, he was really emotional because his grandfather had recently passed away, and uh, he was thinking. You know, he, he was clearly on his thoughts, and so in that moment of emotion, I, I'm all for. Um, for guys who are willing to go out there and express their emotions and not try to hold back and clearly in that moment he felt really overwhelmed with the loss of a family member but didn't let that prevent him from being able to go out and be a great teammate and try to be a productive member of this team he has been a real stalwart for the Redskins and I mean the majority of his career has not been here but in my mind he, he is a Redskin for life.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, he's, he's getting older, but he just seems to be getting faster, too. So, it's the fountain of youth, baby. Let's keep it going, burn.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Redskins, 0-1, not how you want to start a season. That said, they can bring things back to 500 in a flash. They're just one game away. And they were done no favors by... Whoever's responsible for making the schedule this year because week one, they go against the NFC champion from two years ago, a Super Bowl champion from two years ago. I wouldn't want to sell them short. And then immediately turn around another rivalry game against the division winner from last year, the Dallas Cowboys in their home opener. The Redskins have had some difficulty against the Cowboys, particularly at home in the last couple of years. So it's a big one. It's hard to say two weeks into the season that this is a a really momentous game, but it kind of feels that way. So for the Redskins, they will win
1: if what happens? What do they need to do to win this game? They will win if they have a run game. We saw it last year when we played them. A- AP's in, and we did well. Um, if we can get something going, if AP can just take out a few yards in the first couple downs, it makes third downs more manageable. We'll see a little more offense for our team, a little more longer drives. So I kind of want I want to see AP get in there and play play
2: angry and play play hard. For me, the Redskins will win if their defense can force some of termo- turnovers. Uh, we saw. With this first week, that their defense couldn't get off the field, so that's why I'm I'm leaning towards uh, some turnovers. Hopefully, to change the field quickly, maybe see Josh Norman get out there. He he loves to to rip at the ball instead of tackling sometimes. So maybe this can work uh, in his favor. I think the Redskins will win if they can hold uh, Zeke Elliott
0: to under 100 yards. I mean, it's easy to say if you hold a team. Under 100 yards, you should win a football game. They did it this past week. Darren Sproles led the way with, I think, like 47 yards for the Eagles. But I think that the defensive secondary for the Redskins played below their potential this past week. And if they can control the run, and I'm going to say it, I'm not entirely sold on Dak Prescott the way that he's clearly sold on himself. Because he was asking for some monster money. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I don't think he's top, like, 15 in the league. Had himself a great rookie year, but I don't think he's really fully played up to that level since then. He also doesn't have, like, the greatest receivers, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he runs a little bit, but I don't know. His arm, I don't know. I don't see much flash out of him, so.
2: Stabby, I hope uh, you don't mind me, but I want to challenge what you said right there. The reason I hesit- I'm kind of hesit— hesitant with that is because Zeke only had 53 rushing yards last week, and Dallas had no problem dispatching the Giants.
0: I, well, I'm not going to go with necessarily it's the Giants. I do agree with you because they're not so good. But at the same time, I think that the Redskins have a hard time establishing the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. Dallas has a very good offensive line. They do. And... In games that the Redskins have struggled to stop the run, it has meant they have... It totally breaks down their game plan. Zeke Elliott, I think, top five running back in the league. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, maybe last week wasn't as weak and they were still able to have their way with the Giants. I I will say I am encouraged by what they were able to... Their ability to hang tough with the Eagles the Redskins in this past past week. I'm not saying necessarily that there are moral victories there, but I do believe that the Eagles' offensive line and running game is not as good as the Cowboys' offensive line and rushing game, and that's going to be an operative piece for me.
1: But I do appreciate the challenge. No problem. <laughs> All right, so any other final thoughts? Tressway, keep doing what you're doing, baby. You're killing it, and, uh, yeah, keep it up. MVP, Tressway,
0: number five in your scorebook, number one in our hearts. All right, so for Neba Neil.
1: Thanks for joining us, guys. And
0: for Dr. Chris Jones.
1: Thanks for coming by.
0: Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back in your feed very soon. Once again, this was Hogs Night, the podcast.